0: of the st louis sports hall of fame this is golf with jay delsing
1: hey good morning this is golf with jay delsing i'm your host jay i got pearly sitting right next to me pearl good morning what's happening
2: a bright sunny morning and uh ready to light up the uh, radio waves
1: here jay No, let's, <laughs> let's do let's do it we, i don't know if we've ever lit them up I, i'm sure people have wanted to catch them on fire before but Maybe not the way you were thinking, let's hope so. We formatted the show like Around the Golf and the first segment is called the On the Range segment and it's brought to you by our buddies at the Gateway section of the PGA with over 300 men and women around this uh, region that are just working hard in the trenches doing all they can to enhance our golf experience. So we wanna thank them very much. Uh, We're giving away a dozen TP5 golf balls, which we'll announce later in the show. So yeah, we do it one week, Pearl. We do it at the beginning of the show. Next week, we do it at the end. We're keeping everybody guessing, even ourselves.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, particularly <laughs> ourselves, exactly. Yeah,
1: so guys and gals, if you want a chance to win a dozen TP5 golf balls, send me an email, J at com, and we will enter your name into that drawing. And this week, we got a new winner. We've given a dozen balls away. This is, this is show 42, I think, somewhere in there, close to 42. So we've given away... 42 dozen balls. Thank you, Jeff Thornhill from TaylorMade Golf. Great friend of the show. Great friend of the game. Lover of the game. Thank you. Also a lover of the show is the Donahues, Bob and Kathy. 314-805-2132. Donahue painting and refinishing. Besides doing an unbelievable job, check out what they do on staircases, you guys. Um, but they're great people. So call them to help you with your home. All right, John. John. Got an interview this week with a Cardinal Hall of Famer. 17 years he spent in the in the big leagues. Jason Isringhausen, Izzy as he's known, is just a legend around here. Grew up in Brighton, Illinois, which is not far away. And um, just a really a fun guy.
2: Salt of the earth. It was a fun interview. Uh, one of the more, I don't know, just enjoyable and relaxed that you've ever done, I thought. I, he, he, he seemed really... Uh, I don't know, he seems like a low-key guy. My guess is he was pretty competitive, but uh, he seems like a low-key guy.
1: And, John, the term country strong has never been more – if you saw this guy, he could pick your house up. He is just – he is so strong, and um, I, I love some of the stuff he talked about, but we'll, we'll address that and so we don't spoil things um, for the viewers. But I love some of the things he talked about sport-wise, growing up-wise, and what he did with his children and, and their sporting careers. Um, let's jump out to Vegas. John, we had the the Shriners Invitational. That thing's been called a lot of things. When I was playing, it was called the Las Vegas Invitational. I I still remember you caddying for me when we are on the 17th old Las Vegas Country Club trying to figure out which way the wind's blowing and hit like five clubs too many and send it like, wasn't it a full like 74 yards over the green?
2: That, that was such a bad tournament back in the day. I mean, there's so many things. If you would try to throw that out in front of these guys today, they would look at you like, wait a second. This is, oh, yeah. this is like a local mini tour event. Here. Four the days of a pro-am
1: t- from guys that have been up all night gambling in Vegas.
2: And, and pretty mediocre at best uh, golf courses too, in several instances. Uh, yeah, I can remember, I can remember quite a bit about, about those. And, uh, Man, they were rough. Those were rough. You you paid a price on uh, on those puppies.
1: Man, I got to tell you, I can remember um, having a 6.50 tee time at the old Tropicana. Remember the old golf course, which is now a, not a golf course anymore. And walking. Well,
2: yeah, hopefully it's a parking lot. It deserved to be a parking yeah, lot back yeah. in the day. It, it, it found its final resting home. Good for it.
1: Oh my gosh. The modern day player could drive 10 greens in that course. If they could figure out a way to shape it around the palm trees. But anyways, I can remember back in the day heading down for my 650 tea time and seeing several of the caddies still working on their fortunes as I was walking through the lobby down there. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, a lot of good golf going on. I was I, I was, um, was kind of thinking this was going to be Patrick Cantley's event from start to finish. He jumped out to an early lead uh, in round two and, and led after round three. But that is not the case, Pearl.
2: I think he may have thought the same thing, Jay. I think he was a little disappointed in uh, in the results and uh, a rising star clipped his wings, I believe.
1: Yeah, Tom Kim. You know, John, we are going to look back and look at the President's Cup 2022 down in Charlotte at Quail Hollow is the jumping off point for this kid's career. He 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 took his confidence level to an entirely different spot in that event. And uh, he was animated, and, and, and the way that he played at that President's Cup, you know he's feeling good.
2: Yeah, just that, taking that next step. They talked to during the President's Cup about earlier tournaments and stuff, how he had the jitters. What did you tell him? He's 20 years old?
1: He's 20, 20 years old.
2: 20 years old, and he could play that. So all he needed was that next level of confidence. He certainly got it there. You know, they tear up that uh, Vegas property pretty good as far as shooting the scores. But there's there's that place is rife with problems if you start missing shots and you start getting uh Oh we've off
1: been the there. Bits. We've been in those rife problems before. I
2: wasn't gonna bring that I wasn't <laughs> gonna bring that up, but that's how I specifically know what where the rife spots are. Well I, I could trench them.
1: I could tell you this. I saw my first tarantula on a golf course when I was playing out there and it was not in the fairway. Scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I had to I had to go for the I had to go for the check. I had to check the drawers. Right after that, I, I was like looking for a ball. And I'm like, Oh, no. And it wasn't even well, mine.
2: It's, that, it's that property too that. The, the, there's, there's room out there. But there's enough that if you're missing shots, there's not enough room. And then you try to go for a couple of things. And then you don't get get them. And all of a sudden, you're turning what's supposed to be birdie holes or eagle holes into bogey holes. And then you start questioning yourself a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's like any other property out there, you've got to play up a storm. And so for him to go out there and do what he did, and build his confidence at 20 years old. You know, I, the only thing might, that might stop him is their draft. I think that's the only hope the rest, co- the rest of the golf world has, is that he gets drafted and has to go to uh, military for a couple of years in Korea. That'll that'll fix his golf wagon right there.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so interesting, John, because I was trying to think of who is going to be the first big South Korean star to come over here and probably knock off that first major. I mean, there's Siwoo Kim, there's... There's all, man, the list goes on and on of some of these great young uh, 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 South Korean men playing. But what the, and, and the men, it's interesting. The men are slower to this podium, so to speak, than the women because the women just absolutely dominate the LPGA.
2: Well, but again, Jay, it's a huge piece to have two years in the military. That's, that, that is not to be underestimated relative to their, their, their progress, their future. Uh, that kind
1: of stuff. No, it is. And I know that there, there's been some talk about, is there a way to circumvent that? And um, so far, that uh, has been no go. You know, it's interesting, John. My dad, in the middle of his professional baseball career, served two years in World War II. A little more than two years. Two and a half I did, years.
2: I guess I, did, I guess I didn't know when it was in his career. I should have thought about that.
1: That is going to wrap up the On the Range segment. We're going to tip our cap. The tip of the cap is brought to you by the Dean Team, Volkswagen of Kirkwood, my friend Colin Burnt, 314-966-0303. Give Colin a call. If you need to be introduced, I'll introduce you personally to Colin. Send me an email, J at JdelsonGolf.com. We're giving a tip, a nod, a thank you to Mother Nature. She has come blown through the Midwest. She was wreaking havoc on um, South Florida and a lot of parts of the country with the hurricane and we have had absolute San Diego-ish type weather for almost three weeks now, John. Our patio, wow, crush is rocking. The golf courses are phenomenal. I played yesterday at Norwood, the Greens are at 14. It is off the charts so good. And so I've complained pretty much my whole life about living in St. Louis because of the weather. And so I got to go ahead and go the other way and say, this couldn't be better. It's absolutely great. Uh, and that's we're tipping our cap. And our tip of the cap segments brought to you by the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. 314 966 303 Thank you, Colin. And guys, that's gonna wrap up the On the Range segment. But don't go anywhere. John and I'll be back with the front nine. This is golf with Jay Delson. I want to officially welcome Darty Business Solutions as the new title sponsor of this show. So who are they? Well, first of all, they've been headquartered in St. Louis for the last 37 years. They're the number one largest IT consulting firm per the St. Louis Business Journal. They're also the number one largest software development company per the St. Louis Business Journal. They were voted number one top workplace in St. Louis for large companies. There's over 2,500 teammates in 30 states and in three countries. There are 11 dirty regional development hubs in and around the world. If you live and or work in the St. Louis area, Chances are that through their business or their extensive community work, Darty Business Solutions has done something positive near you. Check us out at Darty.com. That's D A U G H E R T Y.com. Hello,
2: friends. This is Jim Nance, and you are listening to Golf with my friend, Jay Delson.
1: How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardene, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music, they even have a kids club for your children, and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you gotta poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit Whitmore whitmoregolf.com. Dot com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fane is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. Hey, welcome back and good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I've got Pearly with me, and we are headed to the front nine. It's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. September 5th through 11th, 2023. Will Padre Harrington defend his title? It's going to be fun to see. We are going to go to my interview with Cardinal Hall of Famer and two-time All-Star and 17-year veteran of Major League Baseball, Jason Isringhausen. Enjoy this interview. Izzy, thanks for joining me this morning, man.
3: You're welcome, Jay. It's a pleasure. I sit
1: here for a kid from Brighton, Illinois. I mean, let's just talk about that a little bit and getting to have such a 17-year a big league career and getting such a great time with the Cardinals. Tell, tell us a little bit about that.
3: And like you're saying, I mean, growing up in, in Brighton, Illinois, I mean, we all we did was play sports. I mean, there was nothing else to do, really, I mean uh my my parents and my family weren't farmers or anything like that so we uh all we did as kids is you know we went outside and played whatever sport was in season you know we we followed the aussies the willies and the tommy hers and you know back in the early 80s and that's who we were in the in the in the backyards just throwing baseballs wiffle balls tennis balls rocks sticks bats whatever you can think of i mean we were We were doing it, playing tag football. We were playing basketball. I mean, it's just what we did did in small towns back in the day. It's whatever whatever sport was in season. That's what we did.
1: Yeah, it's so different now, isn't it? I have four daughters. I know you have a couple of kids. I know your daughter, one of your daughter, or your daughter played volleyball, and mine did as well. But man, we we just we we had a tiny little house we grew up in, and we just had sticks and balls and pucks and whatever was around. (laughs) And it's so different now. And I, I I don't like this time compared to what we had.
3: No, I just, you know, they're, they're specializing these kids at such a young age, making them play only one sport. And I just, I've always believed in it, and I've heard it from other people that have played the game. You know, if you're good at baseball in July, you're going to be good at baseball next July too. I mean, there's a season for every sport. Uh, if you're an athlete, go have fun and play all the sports I don't want. Your body gets burnt out. You know, your arms only got so many throws in it. I mean, I know that very firsthand with all the surgeries I had. But, you know, it's, I don't know. You know, there's so much money in kids' sports these days. And just, uh, you know, it's a money-making machine. And, you know, I mean, God love them. You know, more power to the people that are making money off of it. But I just, I worry about the young kids and their little bodies that aren't uh, fully matured yet. And uh, we're working on throwing curveballs at a young age and things like that. I, you know, Some of that stuff scares me a little bit.
1: You know, Izzy, my daughter Brennan played at Fordham, and at one point in time in their volleyball season, they had nine girls having knee surgeries. <laughs> I mean, what else do you need to know? I mean, they're too young. They're, it's too much repetitive motion at too early ages, I
3: think. Yeah, I mean, I have a daughter. She's playing volleyball down at Tennessee Tech, and, you know, knock on wood, she's been really healthy, but... She didn't start playing volleyball until her freshman year of high school. So we didn't do the, I've never done the, uh, the young club stuff. And I, mean, I I take that back. We do a little bit of soccer here and there, but it's not as crazy as these guys with the baseball and the softball and the volleyball. It seems like it's 247 with some of these sports, and it is rough on those little bodies.
1: So, Izzy, talk a little bit about. Gosh, I, I, um, you're a two-time All-Star. You led the league in 0-4 um, and saves. Talk a little bit about that mentality. I mean, gosh, you gotta you gotta have a really short-term memory sometimes, don't you?
3: Yeah, and that's you know, I, I've always I've always talked about that uh, being uh, pitching in the late innings of a game, and I guess it's probably similar in golf because once you make a bad pitch or you or you take a bad swing, you really can't think about it on the next one. <laughs> um, you know, you can't dwell on a bad shot. You can't dwell on a bad pitch. You get hits for a home run, uh, short-term memory. You know, you go in and take a shower, have a couple, couple of soda pops, so to speak, and, uh, let it go and, and come back the next day and do it all over again. I mean, it's, it's similar to golf, but I just, I can't get that wrapped around my head in golf yet, but we're working on it. But like you're saying, it's, uh, the mentality of pitching late in the games is, um, my main thing was just being available every day. That's what I wanted. Um, I wanted to make sure that if my teammates had fought hard for two and a half, three hours, that I was available because I wanted to give us the best chance to win. I mean, some days Tony wouldn't let me throw because I'd thrown four or five days in a row. But, uh, you know, it takes 25 guys to get to that last inning guy. Uh, and that was the hardest part As when I did fail was I thought I was letting down all my teammates, letting down my family, letting down the city of St. Louis. Those kind of things dwell on you a little bit, and sometimes when when you've had a bad week or two, um, you know, you start doubting yourself a little bit. So, like I said, short-term memory is key, but it's not always as easy as it sounds. No, and most
1: people don't understand that you're a human being, too. I mean, you're feeling (laughs) the situation. You're walking in. You're feeling the energy. And when it doesn't go your way, and we've all been in long slumps before, it sucks, man.
3: It does. I mean, like, you know, this is a golf show and I do watch a lot of golf on TV and I do see them hit a hit a hosel rocket every once in a while. (laughs) And I go, God, dang, look at that. They do it, too. It's amazing. And uh, and these guys are the best in the world to watch what they can do with a golf club and a golf ball is amazing. Um, You know, it's um, it's just a lot of fun to watch the games. And I I do the same thing with baseball. These kids today are so they're, they're younger, they're talented, they're bigger, faster, stronger. You got Aaron Judge hitting 61 home runs, 62 home runs. You know, it's just been... A-
1: During the season back in the day, did you get to play at all? Did you sneak out and play golf at all?
3: No, I, like, when I was when I was playing and I was, well, I was pitching the ninth inning, so I was the so-called leader of the bullpen, I would never let our bullpen guys play golf on the road because I didn't want anybody ever having the excuse that we got up way too early to go play golf and goof off all day and then blow the game at night, so those starters, they have the ability to, in between starts, to go play a couple of days of golf. But we always had our uh, our bullpen outing somewhere where we always dressed up in, in goofy outfits with the knickers and the Argyle socks and stuff like that on the road somewhere on an off day. So we had our fun, but yeah, I didn't get into it until I retired, which was uh, 2013 is when I first picked up the golf clubs for real. And uh, I've got the handicap down to about a six and a half now, but it's, you know, I had listened to a lot of people. It's that that touch around the green and the putting that, that, that do or die. And I don't have the patience to do it right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so fun. I, I, I understand that Wayno's a hell of a player and, um, I listened to uh, the morning drive, and I guess they had – he was out the other day with Michaelis, and it sounded like they were having a blast. And I've seen Wayne O'Hitty. He hits it a mile.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's six, six, six seven. He's got a lot of leverage. You know, as you get older, I'm, I just turned 50, so I've, I'm starting to get away from the, the young man's golf game. I'm just trying to hit it down the middle now and kind of finesse it down there. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's uh, baseball players usually are uh, – pretty good golfers hockey players are really good i think it's a very similar swing i play with the blues guys every once in a while and those those flat hockey swings uh they uh, translate to a pretty good golf swing usually
1: you know they're gonna hit it solid but they they don't always hit it straight so so izzy tell us a little bit about what it was like back in from a mental standpoint because we know how difficult golf is from, uh, with, you know, just the six inches between your ears. but for you at the in the, at the end of a game, what, what was a typical game? Like, I mean, in the first couple innings being the closer, were you plugged into what's going on or what did that look like?
3: Uh, well, I had a, a pretty, I had a pretty set routine. Uh, I don't think Tony really liked it because the first two innings, I'd always sit in the dugout and goof off and get in Tony's, you know, Tony was so, um, you know, into the game and, he had this thing about smashing cups and keeping cups out of the dugout. And I would always throw cups all over the dugout and make it, make Tony angry for two innings. And he'd tell me to go away. And then I'd go into the clubhouse. Uh, I'd get something to eat, go see the trainers and get ready to go for the game. I got to the bullpen about the fifth inning. And then we'd have a couple innings to goof off down in the bullpen. And then come to the seventh inning, you know, it's time to kind of look at the scouting reports and look at the scoreboard, see who's probably going to come up in the ninth inning. Uh, go over the hitters with our coaches down there, and then uh, start my warm up routine. I had a couple of heavy balls and did some stretching and some arm exercises. Uh, throwing a heavy uh, rubber ball against the wall to get loose, and then come uh, the end of the eighth inning, you know, it was get on the mound and get ready to go. Um, it was usually, I usually threw 15 pitches. I would throw like nine fastballs, you know, four four cutters and four curveballs. I mean, it might get up to 20 pitches sometimes. But it was a pretty set routine, and then I had my bullpen catcher, Jeff Murphy, who would always give me a thumbs-up or a thumbs-down whether or not my stuff was good so I'd know if i have to concentrate <laughs> a little bit more <laughs> when I'd go out there or I'd have to, you know, say a little prayer. Hopefully they hit it at somebody that day. But, yeah, I mean, it's the main thing was, like, I think pitching late in the game, too. It's like, you know, you do everything you can to get ready for that day, and then as soon as you release the ball, it's the, the rest of it's out of your control. So. I try to teach this to the young kids in our organization we control what we could control uh you know we control what we control is our effort and our execution you know and if we can do those two things usually things work out but you know you can't help uh, an heir, you can't help the umpires you can't do this you can't do that so uh, you know if they give me some effort and they execute their pitches usually at the end of the day it's going to work out
1: okay that's going to wrap up the first half of the interview pearly and i'll be back with the second half of Jason Isringhausen on the back now. This is Golf with Jay Nelson. Hey, we have just crowned our 2022 champion and boy, what a champion he is. Padraig Harrington took away the Ascension Charity Classic Trophy and the three-time major winner also grabbed the $300,000 winner's first place check. We are already ramping up for our 2023 version on September 5th through 12th at Norwood Hills Country Club. The final numbers are still being calculated, but the real winners are our North County community and our associated charities. They are Mary Grove, the Urban League, and the Boys and Girls Club of St. Louis. We hope to donate over $1 million to these folks this year. We don't want to leave out PGA REACH and the First Tee as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you St. Louis for all of your support, and all you do to make this possible. Hey, this is Jay Delsing for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. SSM Health Physical Therapy has the Titleist Performance Institute-trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screening on you as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Proper posture, alignment, etc., can help you keep your game right down the middle. We have 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com.
2: Hi, this is Peter Jacobson, and you're listening
0: to Golf with Jay Delsing.
1: am proud to welcome the gateway section of the PGA back to my show. Whether you're pulling into your favorite driving range, public golf course or country club, there is an excellent chance that the staff there is part of the over 300 men and women PGA professionals at over 100 facilities that make up our gateway section. I grew up watching so many of these fine men and women getting to the golf course at dawn, leaving at dusk, spending their entire day running events, giving lessons and growing this great game pga reach drive chip and putt pga hope and the fantastic pga junior league are a few of the examples of the programs run by these same pga professionals go to gatewaypga.org to learn more or to find your next pga professional for your next lesson go to pga.com the gateway pga growing the game we love and welcome back jay and john are here this is golf with jay delsing and we're headed to the back nine And the back nine is brought to you by our buddies at Pro-Am Golf. We had one message, and we've been singing the song, CJ, Pro-Am Golf. 314-647-8054, or you can reach out to them, proamgolfusa.com. Pearl, real quick, how are you liking your new gear?
2: I'm struggling with my new gear, but I know it's the right thing. It's a big change for me, 15 years of not changing gear, but I'm confident in uh, CJ and what I've got that I'm, I'm definitely sticking with. it. the good ones are really good, the bad ones are not, not really good. So I got I
1: got to tell you, Pearl, it's really cool. I just took Luke McLaughlin over there uh, last week, and CJ just lit up watching this young man hit balls. And um, just – he's like, man, I don't get many people that come in here and could do this with a golf ball. So Luke was working with some four-year-old equipment, and CJ put him in some new gear and some new shafts. And uh, it was really, really fun. But, folks – Go get fitted. It's extremely inexpensive. Mention my last name, and instead of charging you double, they'll actually take half the price off. So go check out CJ at, at, um, at pro Ham Golf Centers. Um, all right, folks, we are going to go to the second half of the Jason Nisringhausen interview. I hope you enjoy it. Jason, when, when I look at the guys that played on tour, and I look at the best players, and I watch their prep, you know, we played back in the day. We didn't have advanced metrics. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have cell phones. Yeah. We had no idea, really, what was going on around us. And the game has changed. I mean, every kid on tour is walking around with a twenty-five thousand dollars track man. You know, <laughs> working on launch angles, working on spin rates, all this stuff. I know that's in the game and a baseball game as well. But what do you? What's your take on that? Where do you stand on that stuff?
3: Uh, I, I, you know, working with the minor leagues now, we use a, a lot. And they've had to teach the old dog new tricks with these analytics. And I went to uh, school during the pandemic, uh, you know, and I got I I got my I graduated, so to speak, with driveline and rapsodo, which is uh, a lot of the analytical stuff we use in pitching and hitting. And um, I think the main thing that does for us um, as coaches, it, it really shows us what a player does well a lot quicker than the old fashioned eyeball test. You know, if, if, if we look at a kid on the TrackMan or on, um, with the Edstronic slow motion cameras and things like that, if a kid spins the ball and you can see their spin rate, like on a slider or a curveball, so to speak, or the backspin and the vertical break of a fastball, we know whether or not this kid can spin the ball. So maybe his slider becomes his number one pitch rather than a, we call it a dead zone fastball. And then we have what we call a hopper fastball which is a ball that, to the human eye, it never comes down to where the human eye says it's going to be when they're swinging at it. Um, so, I mean, it, it shows us what the kid does well a lot quicker than what we had to do with the eyeball test back in the day, and um, I think that's what it helps us with the most right now.
1: Yeah, so it speeds you up a little bit, but those eyes of yours might be old, but you know what place in that league, and you could say, hey, just keep doing that. You're going to be okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, cause like I told, like, I wish I would have had it to known what I was good at before, but I threw a big curveball and I threw a fastball up in the zone back in the day because I knew what played off of what pitch. And now we use the numbers to confirm it. And I think it's same as, as in golf, because yeah, I hit a, a perfect uh, wedge shot, so to speak. And you can see how much spin has gotten. Why is not this ball sucking back compared to a, a knockdown? I mean, it's all this stuff that we hear and talk about and listen to and, I mean, it, it's great. I think sometimes you get numb to it and it dumbs the game down a little bit. But we also have to be careful of who, how much information we give certain kids. So some kids can't take that much information in. You know, you get, you get guys like Tommy Edmond, who's an Ivy League kid who loves the analytics. And then you get us, you know, you can get a, you know, an old farm boy from down south somewhere who doesn't understand it, but it gets people out. So you just kind of have to know who you're dealing with.
1: Yeah, there, there's no question about it. We had this this thing on tour called uh, uh, paralysis by analysis, and you could <laughs> yeah. just get so stuck. You know, you're like, you know, you you're work on how many shaft, what sort of shaft? This shaft supposed to kick the ball up. It's supposed to kick it down. It's supposed to do this, that, the other thing. And when I look at the guys now, I mean, I watched Dustin Johnson turn himself into a really good short game player, all through TrackMan, he sat there and hit hours of these wedges, and it would track his spin because he he kept trapping the ball and hitting these low shots that that didn't play on PGA Tour type greens.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's funny now because you didn't hear about it back in the day with Tiger, but now that Tiger's kind of slowing down, he does a lot more speaking and a lot more, and he, you hear him with talking with all the younger kids, and he talks about oh I I everything that I do is with feel because he didn't have TrackMan back in the day when he was learning all this stuff. And and it's funny to listen to some of the younger kids when you when they're listening to the Tigers. Like, what do you mean it's all about feel? <laughs> it's yeah, like, well, you didn't have the technology you do today, so we don't go by numbers. We went by feel. It's kind of the same thing we did in baseball. You knew if your curveball was good because you got outs with it. You knew if your fastball played in a certain part of the zone because the guys couldn't hit it. We just didn't have the confirmation that we do now.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I can remember, you know, my dad used to play. He played 10 years in the bigs, and he would say, I listen into some of the old time guys have their, you know, talk, talk about the lineup they're facing and, and um, up and in and down and away got everybody <laughs> out.
3: <laughs> and, and for the most part, if you still make your pitches today, it'll still get them out. I mean, some things, you know, baseball's been around 100 and some odd years. Some things never change. You make good pitches, you get people out. But, you know, but like I said, with those numbers, we find out what kids do better. Than not.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting is when you start breaking down your golf game and you're trying to figure out, you know, how the hell can I, how, how can I get to that next level? And for you, take you, for example, so you're 6.5 and a hell of an athlete. And I've seen you, you smash it. I know you do, but trying to get, shave those strokes off, uh, from this point going down is really where it gets difficult.
3: Yeah. And it's all that, you know, it's all around the green all the chipping and putting that just takes hours and hours and repetition of doing it. And when you have a 12-year-old and a 19-year-old in college, you don't have the time to go out and do it. You're chasing kids and, and but then again, you have to be realistic with yourself and not get too frustrated with the game because when you can't put in the work to be the best, then, you know, you get what you get.
1: Yeah, and you know, learning the different shots and judging the different lies—there's so yeah. much to the game. I mean, because you can hit a perfect little pitch or chip, but not judge the lie correctly, and a ball take off on you.
3: This past week, we went up to Chicago and we played at Medina. And oh boy, <laughs> it, it abused me—the greens and the rough around the greens. The greens are so fast, and the rough is so thick, and I don't have that game. Uh, I think I three putted probably. Probably 16 of the 18 greens. I mean, (laughs) but it it was so much fun. And it just goes to show you how good that those uh, pros are. You you know, we had our four caddy and they were talking like the pros would go low on the front nine and then they try to survive on the back nine. And we got back there and we didn't survive the back nine. It was bad, but it was so much fun playing it.
1: Well, what's interesting is is most of the guys, the amateur golfers, don't understand as they get around the greens, especially in some rough, that there's got to be some angle, so that you've got to lift the club up and drop it on the back of the ball to get the ball to come out high and soft. I see this all the time because, especially in a place like Medina, man, those greens are brutal, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And if you can't if you can't get that ball to land soft, you don't you can't play it. You just really can't play it.
3: Yeah, and as an amateur, you know, you try to do that little. You tend to try to scoop the ball, and you don't realize that there's a reason that the clubs have a loft on them, and to use that loft and everything else. And it's just a, it's just a mind game with yourself. And just um, there's a reason it's a billion dollar club industry. Let the clubs do the work, and try to keep your try to keep your brain out of the way, so to speak.
1: One of the things as I, as I age in hell, I'm real, I'm 61. And I, 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 one of the things I appreciate about the game the most is that if you shot 69 and I shot 70, you beat me every single day. And what what was expected of me was right in front of me, man. I could look in the mirror and say, I got to be better. And and I, I, I love that. I love that about the game.
3: It is fun because I mean, it's, it's it's that one great shot that keeps you coming back every time. I mean, it could happen on the 18th hole. You hit one one approach shot within like three feet of the hole, and you're like, oh god, can't wait to play tomorrow. And <laughs> before that, you're ready to throw your clubs in the lake.
1: It, 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 there's some sort of weird addiction that happens with this game. It just, <laughs> I don't, I I don't know, but it bit me when I was about 10, and it hasn't let go of me.
3: Yeah, it's it's one of the most challenging but most fun game that I've ever gotten involved in, and now now that i'm retired from baseball you know it's people ask me like what do you miss and what i you know i miss the camaraderie with the guys but i miss the competing i miss competing against the best in the world but now when i'm trying to find that adrenaline and competition it's hard to in the golf you're just competing against yourself you're competing against the golf course i mean it's um you know you're not really competing against the guy beside you if you can beat you if you can do well within yourself and beat the golf course and I think it's a. Uh, I think it's a plus.
1: And and as you, that course never has a bad day. It just sits there, looks at you like, nah, I got you again."
3: <laughs> I know. It's it's. We. I belong to a little club over here in Eversville, Illinois, and it's been the same club for as long as I've been there. And some days it gets me, and some days I get it. But man, it's it's just I could do it every day. It's it's so much fun.
1: So tell us what you're involved in locally. Do you still have your, uh, your charity um, uh, things that you're involved in? Because I'd love people to, to follow and support you.
3: Well, we were doing, when I was playing and stuff, my wife and I got into with nurses for newborns. And uh, since I retired, uh, we kind of dabble in everything. We do the local uh, humane society. We do diabetes tournaments and things like that. And um, uh, I think uh, this year I'm, I'm doing something with Special Olympics here in town. Uh, so, you know, people reach out to me and I try to help out as much as I can. I don't have a foundation per se myself. I never got into that. I was never, um, it was just something that my wife and I didn't do for whatever reason. I mean, we had so many players that did so much and all we did was, you know, we helped them out as much as we could. So I felt like I was doing my part. And now I just try to help whoever reaches out to me. And, uh, if my name uh, can help them do anything or, or if I can call up the guys at the Cardinals and get some monographs for people for uh, for something here, for something there. I mean, it, it's what I try to do. Uh, you know, the community in St. Louis is such tight knit and they love their Cardinals. They love their blues, you know. And evidently, you know, when, when we have a tournament in town, how much they love their golf. Uh, you know, it's a great community and uh, we do a lot
1: of good things here. Jason Housing is, is my guest. Th- Izzy, thanks for jumping on. Keep doing what you're doing, and maybe we can go play one day.
3: I would love to. Whenever you have time to to have, uh, take a hack like me out there and teach me a few things, it'd be great.
1: All right, John, that's going to wrap up the interview. It, the, the, the first thing that leapt out to me was what he talked about with seasonal playing and seasonal sports with your children. And you and I talked about this with the Jack Nicklaus interview, and it's kind of a – kind of a song you and i've been singing for a while but it's it's important
2: well i i I don't get it Uh, we have talked about it multiple times and i think it's an important thing to talk about i wish parents would really reconsider uh you know especially when you guys start talking specifically about injuries the knee injuries for example when your daughter was playing uh college uh, uh volleyball you know it's just it's just so unfortunate it uh it, they've just they've just missed the mark. I'm not sure what, how the transition happened. Uh but I think it's a mistake. I've got two grandkids that are absolutely totally immersed and loving soccer. I love that. But again, I there's multiple injuries. Jay, I remember playing a lot of sports for a lot of years with no injuries. So I don't know what's going. Maybe I was just lucky, but I'll tell you, when I think back about friends, I don't remember you know occasionally somebody got hurt. But this is, this is rampant stuff. I don't get it.
1: Well, let's wait a second. Let's clarify that a little bit. You played high school football. We both played high school basketball. I mean, John, we're talking the worst injury was a jammed or a broken finger or maybe a sprained ankle. Every once in a while, he got popped in the nose. I know you got popped in the nose in college. That, but, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, here's – Perley's torn his ACL.
2: Well, that's what I mean. But I also mean playing in the backyard like uh, Izzy was talking about. You know we played hard we played really hard and i just don't remember uh, accidents like you know accidents i mean injuries i just don't remember that uh so i don't know what's something's going on here is, is a mystery to to me i'm sure there's there's answers out there and people have statistics but i think one of it is this the intensity of the of the single sport i think they're missing it
1: we will pick that up the 19th hole but that's going to wrap up the back nine don't go anywhere john and i'll be back with the 19th hole this is golf with jay Delson. i want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in st louis for over 40 years i'm talking about pro-am golf center that's right pro-am golf center i know you know the name but i'm not sure you know what they really have to offer they have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Proam Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson. You will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314 647 8054 ask for CJ or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com that's ProAmGolfUSA.com After my knee replacement I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process and when I was ready one of their specially trained KVEST certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system it was awesome They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiencies of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help make my swing more efficient and repeatable. Call 800-518-1626. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. Well, we just wrapped up our second Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson at Norwood Hills. Guys, one of the highlights of the massive hospitality presence was our veterans and first responders viewing deck brought to you by Marcone. Final numbers are not in yet. But as of the Friday before the tournament, September 2nd, we had over 700 of our men, women, first responders and firefighters apply for their complimentary tickets. Wow, what a great turnout. Thank you. Marcone, for all you do in our community. And by the way, the Marcone viewing deck idea is now being implemented at other tour events. I've been looking for over three years for the perfect place to be the official 19th hole of the Golf with J. Delsing show, and the search is over. Please welcome the loading dock to the show. What a great place it is! It is located at the confluence of the Mississippi and Illinois rivers in beautiful Grafton, Illinois. Their patio is killer, with seating for over 800, and every weekend the Loading Dock has the area's best live music. There's no reservations required, they have overnight lodging available, and they also have an ice skating rink in the winter months. And don't forget about the super cool Riverside Flea Market, which happens the fourth weekend of each month from April through October. If you're into antiques and collectibles, you gotta check it out. The Grafton Ferry runs directly from St. Charles County to within steps of our parking lot. Go check out the Loading Dock and say hello to my buddy, Peter Allen. He is a great guy, good golfer, and a lover of the game. Call 618-556-7951 or visit them on the web at graftonloadingdock.com. For more information on their live music schedule, the Riverside Flea Market, and more. The Loading Dock, the new official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing Show. Here we are back at the 19th Old. John's with me. I'm Jay. This is golf with Jay Delson. Pearl, I wanna talk, I wanna tell you when we were talking about from the Jason Isringhausen interview, he talked about how when he was a young guy, they played whatever sport the season called for. When it got colder, it was football and basketball, a little bit of soccer. When it got warmer, it was maybe a little hockey. And when it got warmer, it was golf, it was baseball, it was it was some of those things. When Brennan was playing, my daughter Brennan got a scholarship to play volleyball at Fordham. And at one time, there were nine girls out with knee surgery on that team. And um, when you get a scholarship like that, when you get this surgery, your daughter or athlete goes to whomever the college is associated with medically. And there's a doctor assigned to the team and the whole thing. And so it's a very different process. And I can specifically remember you know, keep, I'd go to as many games as I could. I'd live stream them when that was possible. And I said to this doc, what are we missing here? We've got literally half of her team having some sort of knee surgery in the last year. And he said, it's overuse at too early an age. Their bodies haven't developed like a pro athletes has, and they're all doing just too much of the same sort of repetitive motion for jumping and, the spiking, and the serving, etc. And it's just, it's, it's, it's not good for these kids. That's exactly what the doc said.
2: Well, I just wish more parents would hear that I think there's ways around it. I think uh, one is maybe just a little bit more balance in life in general, but another is balance w- within different sports so that you're using different body your body differently in, uh, in different sports. So I just think it's real unfortunate. And somehow, uh, there's, there's this sense. I've talked to your uh, brother-in-law, Tim, about this and Moochie. You know, they said, hey, there's plenty of times when the coaches were pushing their kids to, you know, skip the uh, the summer family vacation, stuff like that. They said no. And uh, Taylor did okay. Uh, James did okay. Alex did okay. I mean, they all got full scholarships. They played at major uh, universities. Uh, There was some, again, injuries there. Uh, But uh, Taylor went on to be a a world-class, world-renowned soccer player. So it's, I don't know. I I just, I I wish parents would see a little bit more of that. I should say more parents, some parents get it. I wish more parents would see it. I think it's better for the kids. And I think ultimately, they have a better chance to be a better athlete. Uh, Certainly one, just by not being hurt, but two, by having more of a well-rounded athletic uh, education, if you will.
1: What about mentally, John? How many oh, yeah. young guys oh, yeah. did we see from Stanford and USC and all of the UC schools up and down the West Coast, John? When we got out there, you know, coming from the Midwest, we were we were itching to play a lot. These kids were burnt
2: out. Well, we had multiple, not going to remember the names now, but we had multiple kids growing up where the kid was just a superstar. David all Games. Went,
1: David Games from really Stanford, went, Doug Clark from Stanford. Yeah. You remember? I was
2: thinking Doug Clark, yep. Yeah. They went to their parents and said, I don't want to do this anymore. When they were 17, 18 years old, they were just fried on it. So it's, you know, it's unfortunate for multiple reasons there. So, yeah, enough said on that, but it's uh, there's an opportunity here. I wish there'd be a little, maybe we could find a few more things and studies that we could pull up to, to reference to give a little bit more feedback for, for parents to take this a little bit more serious. But I think it is a serious issue.
1: And Jack Nicklaus, he, he blamed the coaches. He said, these coaches need to stop doing it. They need to. Yeah, stop the coaches it.
2: don't have co- coaches don't have a gun to the parents' heads. The parents need to be to be parents and, and see past this. I get it that they, they, they trust the coaches. And I think to a large degree you want to trust your coach, but you have to think it through. One reason this is so important, Jay. I know you know this because, again, you played a, at an, an elite level a sport. There's a toll on your body that if you start having knee surgery when you're 18 years old. You pay for that the rest of your life. This it, it's not like you can't walk, but the weather changes, other things go on knee replacements later on. It, it, it's a, it's a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal. It's a, it's a life deal.
1: Yeah, it really is. All right. So Pearl, let's shift gears to live just wrapped up an event in Bangkok. So. Uh, Are you gloating?
2: Are you gloating? Uh, yeah, I'm gloating not mad bit.
1: about it. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I'm not mad about what, what, what the numbers uh, suss out. You know, they had a, a an, maybe an obscure champion, the young, uh, gosh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He's played played his fifth live event uh, and just waxed the field. He beat uh, uh, Patrick Reed uh, turned second and uh, by two or three strokes. And um, but what I was interested in, John, is because I read a bunch of quotes from Sergio that now we're a global tour and, and this and that. And, and it's true, it's truly true. But Pearl, there is a complete double-edged sword to this global tour. This was shockingly, in my estimation, shockingly low numbers for viewership. They were. So talk
2: about, talk about the numbers a little
1: bit. Yep. So um, in Chicago, though, in Boston, there were over 600,000 in Chicago was their uh, top showing to date with over 900,000 total viewers on their YouTube channel for the week of the event this week under 300 K. And so John, I did I did some some reading and, and poking around. The the last putt and you know everybody's putting out at the same time, so they're working on this window of golf to, to shorten the event. And the last putt dropped at four twenty three A. M. New York City, Eastern Standard Time. I wonder why none of the Americans were watching.
2: Well, you know, you asked me what have I thought so far of the coverage. And I, I'll tell you, Jay, I haven't looked for it. I haven't tried and I I've I've seen none of it. I've thought nothing of it, and I, I suppose I should be digging in, obviously being part of the show here, but there's just so I just have no interest in it. And I, I don't know, I, I'm not going to go on YouTube. Uh, it reminds me of pay per view in, in a sense that I had to go out of my way to, to go see pay per view basketball games and stuff like that, which I refuse to do. Uh, and is this all a sense of just getting old and grouchy? Yeah. Oh what's yeah. To me? Oh, definitely.
1: Okay. And techie. Okay. You and I are about as techie as an old Schwinn oh, bicycle. I can, look
2: something up on, I can figure it out on YouTube. It's not a techie thing for me. That, yeah. that might be past your pay grade, but I can handle that. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. Most of past my wanna... pay
1: grade. Most of it's past my pay grade.
2: Anyway, I think it's, and by the way, Sergio's a tough spokesman. I think I, I respect no. Sergio for his golf game to the nth degree. Other than that, I don't care to have, hear anything that guy has to say. Other than a multi-gazillionaire
1: acting like a child most of the other most of the very, opportunities. Uh,
2: very uh ingenuous uh guy. It's just not somebody that I'm gonna follow that way. Golf, golf wise, unbelievable. Unbelievable for so many years and his ball striking, etc. And I wanna I, I love to watch it. But everything else, that's it that's not who my spokesman is. I know you always talk about Liv has done so many things, you know, to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Having him speak too much is shooting himself in the th- themselves in the foot every time he speaks. As far as I'm concerned.
1: All right, so John, let me ask you this because this is a topic that Taylor Twillman and I we covered last week. The wrap you and I have talked about this on and off since we've been doing this show. The wrap around schedule. Okay, so the, the PGA Tour year officially ends at the Tour Championship, usually in the first week or two of August. Okay, and then they, they take a little bit of time off, maybe a week off or so, and then they start up again. Is this significant to you? Are you excited about watching the Shriners on the second week of October just wrap up? and Because and, and, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack here, and, and, and I've got some other thoughts on it. But in terms of the golf, I've, John, I swear I feel like people feel like the PGA Tour year starts January 1st, at the at the tournament in Maui.
2: Sure. It, it does for most people. But for, for the geeks, maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of a geek on that. I just love watching some golf. I love seeing good golf. Jay, I want to get to know some of the guys that aren't the, the, the mainstay guys. And the other thing that is so important, and I know you can relate to this, and I wish you'd talk about it for a second. This gives those guys, the, the, the not household name guys, a chance to, to win. And winning is winning. Winning is winning. You win here you've won uh, or even super super be in the, in the hunt and get their confidence up. If they don't do it at this situation, which is the easiest situation, they might not have the same type of chance or relative to the level of competition or even the chance to get to play. So I think it's terribly important for the, the feeder system if you will, up to the up to the top uh it, it, is it going to have the audience well of course not because if the top names aren't playing all oh, the oh, cantley's in there if the top names aren't playing it's not a top branded event and it's not the first of the year when we're all tired of, of winter then it's not going to get the the pub for it but i think it's an important time and i i hope they don't go go away with it when i hear those well-established rich guys on the tour say we should get rid of it i just i think that's short-sighted
1: yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, listen, this is these are the events where you actually can really learn how to play. There's yeah. a lot of guys, yeah. because of the system, Pearl, they don't get in. You're not getting in these first couple events. If your number is probably outside of the, the top 25 from the qualifying school and the reshuffle – and the Corn Fairy guys that are coming in, you don't get in every event. These are crucially important for you to be able to figure out how to play around, figure out how to play golf on the PGA Tour, what it takes. You know, There's, there's, people need time to cut their teeth. Some guys come out and just knock them out right away, but not most. Not too many. Not too many. Not most. And, John, what, what about the local communities that are so invested in what these tournaments do for them financially in terms of raising charitable dollars?
2: Well, that's why it's another short-sighted when those guys say what they say. It's short-sighted with that. This This has been built up for many years. And as we joked earlier on how the old Vegas tournament was run and the quality of the courses, the quality event, look what they've accomplished through the years uh they've they've worked many many years for no money uh meaning personal gain to be able to do something like this and i don't think it's right to if they'd be taking this stuff away it's 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 still a a solid event it's important to as you said community and i think the, the under underlyings of the of the golf tour and i just think it's a mistake when they talk about just discarding it so easily
1: do you know what the mission statement is for the pga tour
2: i do not i do
1: is to provide playing opportunities uh professional playing opportunities. That's what it is.
2: And what you know me if you don't live your mission statement then change then change your mission statement or change the way you're living. Exactly. So, so this perfect is this example. Is,
1: and this is this fits, you know, uh step 1, right, with a mission.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's for uh sure. it's, it's pretty needed and, and you know John there's 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 a couple of things how many? T- I mean, you remember when we would I would go down and play a um, a Nike event. It's a corn ferry now, and we'd see these kids. And then three years from from then, they were playing in Ryder Cups. So, John, there's future Hall of Famers playing in these events right now, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: it's like it's it's like anything else. Once you get to the top, you're going to protect your situation. That's that's who's on the players' board. That's who has the ear of the commissioner and all that kind of stuff. And and we we have to get past those guys a little bit and make sure that there's a balance. Otherwise, I just think it would be unfortunate. So I love that you read the mission. That's just something that uh, they should be reminded of every time they're trying to make these decisions.
1: Yep, absolutely. Pearl, we're drawn to a close. We've got the golf ball winner this week is Joshua Rich. Stand next to that. Joshua, and you're going to get something that Pearlie's never gotten.
2: Joshua, that's the truest statement he's ever <laughs> said on this thing radio show.
1: I try to tell the truth all the time, but that is really true. Pearly has no TP5 golf balls coming, Joshua, but you sure do. Pearl, that's going to wrap up another show. Next week, we're doing our first live remote show from Wild Crush. Wild Crush Wine Bar. We're open from two to seven. You and I are going to be doing the show from three to four, and we're also going to be uh, having little round table golf. We got some giveaways. We got some cocktails. We got a, maybe a little chipping game. I try to beat the pro or beat the pearly. It could be fun.
2: I got to figure out how I'm going to maintain my focus if we're at Wild Crush because that's a the place. So I'm going to have to decide uh, what I need to do there. Maybe that's you need to wear a disguise.
1: I'm definitely wearing a disguise. <laughs> All right, Pearl, thanks. That's going to wrap up another show. Hit up straight, St. Louis. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Byrne. He just got me into a new SUV, and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean Team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar, and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road just behind the Strops. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic Argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days, come into Wild Crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area. Go to Wild Crush. STL.com and come have one with us. I am proud to welcome the gateway section of the PGA back to my show. Whether you're pulling into your favorite driving range, public golf course, or country club, there is an excellent chance that the staff there is part of the over 300 men and women PGA professionals at over 100 facilities that make up our gateway section. I grew up watching so many of these fine men and women getting to the golf course at dawn, leaving at dusk, spending their entire day running events, giving lessons, and growing up this great game pga reach drive chip and putt pga hope and the fantastic pga junior league are a few of the examples of the programs run by these same pga professionals go to gatewaypga.org to learn more or to find your next pga professional for your next lesson go to pga.com the gateway pga growing the game we love
0: this has been golf with jay del singh to learn more about Jay, and the services he can provide any golfer, visit jaydelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, get tips from a PGA pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's jaydelsinggolf.com.
3: Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music,